Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. If I ask them, why are you writing this document? Oh, well, I need to inform people about, you know, the whistleblower policy or whatever it might happen to be. And I said, well, if you're informing them about, about that, then they will know that we have this whistleblower policy. But I think what you really want people to do is to comply with the policy. And so if you want them to comply with the policy, you need to be a lot more directive in terms of um, the document that you're writing and the language that you use. And so- Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and the GRC Professional Online. And with me, I have Vivian Begg, who is a specialist in structured writing. So explain a little bit about what that is. Hi, Kwame. Um, Yes, so what I mainly do is train people in structured writing, um, also a a proprietary method called information mapping. And it's really a research-based approach to writing that focuses on meeting our readers' needs. So recognising things like, you know, people can only deal with a certain amount of information at a time. Um, And it's also about, very much about focusing on achieving the particular purpose of a document, um, you know, to really make sure that any written communication has a clear purpose, um, is intended to achieve a particular result from the audience that um, that it's it's written for, um, and as well as the training that I do, I also help clients write different types of documents. So largely around that sort of policy and procedure kind of area as well. Right. So, I mean, just to make sure that our members figure out thinking, you know, what does this have to do with me? Obviously, that policy and procedure part should ring a bell for you. You know, obviously, with the new regulations coming in, um, you know, obviously, the whistleblowing amendments and Royal Commission has made some recommendations, which ASIC and APRA and everybody else is going to be following through on. So it's all about getting that message through quickly. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if they need any more convincing, why is this important (laughs) to what they do? Uh, look, I think this uh, all those sorts of reasons that you that you just mentioned, but I think this is important for any type of written communication. Um, you know, in business, we communicate in a whole lot of, of different ways. In terms of our writing, it can be anything from emails to yeah, board reports to those policies and procedures and so on. And I think it's important to recognise that when we're writing these kind of documents, it's not all about the writing. It's really all around, I mean, our our purpose for writing is to achieve achieve results, to get people to take action, to get people to make decisions based on what it is we've written. Um, And I think it's really easy just to sort of focus on the the writing and the content that you're you're dealing with without really thinking about, hang on, why, why am I doing this? What's the result I'm trying to achieve? And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time writing these different types of documents um, without really thinking about, well, what's what's the result that I'm trying to achieve? And when you're not clear about that, um, the chances are you're not going to achieve the, you know, the intended outcome. So I think a lot of people waste a lot of time writing documents that, you know, don't get the action that they're looking for or get ignored or people take the wrong action or make the wrong decisions or, or what have you. Um, so I think it's really easy, as I say, for people to, to waste time and just for, for documents not to have the not to have the outcomes that, that are intended. Right, right. And I think you've already touched on a bit of the next question was going to be what are some of the common mistakes that we see? And 
of course, I imagine not thinking about what the action is, is the first mistake. But what are some other common mistakes or errors people make when they try to write these types of documents? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're right. One of those key things is to is, is that unclear purpose. And I might just sort of pick up on that a little bit because I think thinking about writing things like policies, and, and I guess I'm perhaps using that more, more broadly around any kind of documents that require compliance. You know, I find when I talk to people about these documents, they often say, you know, if I ask them, why are you writing this document? Oh, well, I need to inform people about, you know, the whistleblower policy or whatever it might happen to be. And I said, well, if you're informing them about about that, then they will know that we have this whistleblower policy. But I think what you really want people to do is to comply with the policy. And so if you want them to comply with the policy, you need to be a lot more directive in terms of um, the document that you're writing and the language that you use and so on. Um, so I think, you know, that's a sort of specific area. Um, yeah, common mistakes, there are a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times people, uh, when they're writing, they write as if they're writing for themselves, as if they are the audience. They use the kind of language that they're familiar with. They focus on the issues that they th are important to them in their roles and, and so on. Um, use the kind of jargon as well. And I think, you know, we need, I think, to be a successful writer in, in this kind of context, you really need to be thinking about your audience and who your audience is. And I'm sure people have heard, you know, have heard this said before, but it's such an important part of what this is all about because you're often writing to a very diverse audience within an organisation with different levels of knowledge of what you're writing about, you know, different familiarity with the, with the language, with the legislation and, uh, and so on. Um, what else? I think people often write too much. Mm. And that's often, again, coming back to that question of purpose, and I'll probably raise it again <laughs> in the next few minutes. Um, but because people haven't really thought clearly about, about their purpose, they tend to um, try and cover too much. They're not sufficiently focused. Um, and so they'll sort of think, oh, I'll include this just in case, or I'm familiar with this aspect, so I'll write about that. Um, and particularly when you're getting into these kind of compliance type documents, you can often kind of bleed out into procedural and process information, which is important, but it doesn't really, in my view, it doesn't typically belong with that kind of policy kind of documents. Um, I can still go for a few more if you're looking for <laughs> the common mistakes because I think there are, there are a lot of things. Yeah. And over the years, I just sort of see the same kind of things repeated. Um, often I think people don't chunk the information effectively. There's you know, just way too much, way too much narrative and you really need to break this kind of information down. So, you know, you might need some sort of background to why you're writing the document. Then there's the real, you know, the juicy stuff around the regulation, the policy, whatever it might happen, happen to be. Um, you might need to define your terms, but you need to separate all those different pieces of information out and signpost those, um, signpost those really clearly. And I think people forget to do that a lot of the time. Um, I think a couple of things I also see with, with some of the policy documents I've, I've seen recently is that organisations are often not very specific about what they want individuals to do or not do. Yeah. They'll have a sort of, you know, general blanket statement about, you know, we've got this whatever, bullying policy, whistleblower policy, and these are our general ideas around it, but they're not really specific to the individual. So, you know, who's wondering, well, how does this relate to me? What have I got to do or what have I got to avoid doing and, and so on? And I think one other thing um, 
it's often that people don't explain the reason behind the behind the information right. um, and I think if you want people to comply with these kind of documents they need to have a reason that's relevant to them um, and from a compliance point of view maybe it's because there's this legislation that we need to comply with but you know from an individual point of view they want to know that oh you know the organization is going to be penalized if we don't do this yeah. or our clients are going to you know be impacted if we don't um, comply with this and that sort of thing so I think putting it into a, a more Re, sort of specific, realistic. Um, this is how it. This is how it impacts. Um, I think is is really helpful in terms of encouraging people to comply with the information. Right, definitely. And you know, you spoke about there being too much information and thinking mm. of your audience. And I was just in a networking group um, yesterday evening um, where people were discussing type of information they present to their boards mm -hmm. and whether they should have multiple documents mm -hmm. you know, for multiple audiences. So we have this one policy document for the team who's responsible for changing the policy, but you have a much more high-level, succinct one for the board because you're trying to get a call to a particular type of call to action in that space as well. But I guess that depends on your organisation. Yeah, yeah, look, I yeah. think it does. Uh, and I've looked at that issue of writing writing board papers as well. And obviously for, for, for board members, we need to be really clear that they're not... They're different from, say, your executive team. They yeah. don't have the same in-depth um, knowledge of the workings of the organisation. And, and and their purpose is, is different than an executive team's purpose as well. So, you, yeah, w whatever we're doing, we really need to focus on that. Um, I just, I guess coming back to that question of, you know, multiple documents, um, sometimes that's necessary be because they are too different, yeah. you know, the audiences and, and the information. Um, and particularly maybe with something like your board, there might be um, confidential or sensitive information that you don't want everybody else to, to have access to. But I think a lot of times you can write a single document and if you've organised it effectively so that people can see exactly what the different elements are within that document, then individual readers can kind of pick and choose you know what's important to them if they're familiar with the definition they don't need to read the definition if they're you know there's aspects that they don't know then obviously that's that's what they're going to look for um, so yeah it's going to depend on the individual situation but I think a lot of the times you can write a single document that will meet multiple multiple needs of you know of different audiences right excellent so are these issues you have identified, do you see them in specific areas, specific industries? I mean, this is a general conversation we're having mm. that's supposed to be able to go throughout the entire organization. Mm -hmm. But are there any specific industries that you may have worked with in the past that are particularly prone to certain types of mistakes? <laughs> um, look, I don't I don't really think there's a lot of difference across across industries. I mean, I've worked in, in public sector industries. I've worked quite a lot in the financial sector, telecoms, pharmaceuticals and so on. So a lot of, you know, heavily regulated industries, I guess that's inevitable, you know, you, you need more documentation um, in those kind of organisations and those in those industries. But to be honest, I see the same sorts of issues coming up again. I, I guess in the more heavily regulated industries, I do see a lot of that, what I what I view as the, the, the just-in-case mentality. Oh, we better include this just-in-case. and Oh, maybe we'll include that just-in-case. Um, and I worked for a client in the pharmaceutical sector um, a little while ago. I was writing um, standard operating procedures. And one of my documents, the first six pages of about 30 or so, um, was definitions. I'm like, well, the main purpose of this document is not really about 
defining our terms. Um, and what we agreed was that the audience actually should be familiar with those definitions. And if they weren't, they would know where to go and look them up. Um, so we said, OK, we don't need those. Because the more you do include that sort of stuff, the more it really dilutes the whole focus of the document that, that you're writing. Um, and I, as I say, I do see a lot of that in, in, and I think it happens particularly in those more heavily regulated industries. Oh, you know, oh, we, we, we're just covering, we're trying to cover ourselves and, and throw everything in. And I actually think that that's a self-defeating um, approach, really. Yeah, fair mm. enough. Well, we've coming down to the end of the podcast now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we usually like to leave our members a bit of advice. So what advice do you have for risk and compliance professionals who are probably scrambling to get those policies out? Yeah, tricky. Um, well, probably not too surprising. I'm just going to come back to that one about about purpose. Be really clear about the purpose of your document and the goal that you're trying to achieve. Because I think if you've got that up front and you've got a real clear focus of where you're heading with your document, you will be able to write it a lot more efficiently. You'll be clear about what kind of content to include and so on. Um, now, a lot of organisations would, um, would have templates for some of these types of documents. Um, some templates are better than others. I'm sure people out there are, are, are thinking, yeah, but. Um, but if there, if you do have an effective template or can create an effective template, because for a lot of these kinds of document documents, you're including very similar information irrespective of the specific subject matter. You know, you're going to talk about why have we got, you know, this policy? What is the policy? Who does it apply to? We're going to have definitions. You might have examples of violations and, and so on and so on. Um, so I think, you know, having, a, having an effective template makes it easier for you as writers, gives you a consistent approach. And that has great benefits for, for your audience as well. They get very familiar with, with the approach. Um, I think it's important that you trial your documents. So I know that that involves time, but I think in terms of getting a, an effective outcome, I think that's that's really important. And I think the reality is that you need to expect that it will take a bit of time um, to get a good a good result. So maybe what I'd suggest is that really, you know, if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, we've got all of these documents that we need to write, really have a look at prioritising um, you know, rather than trying to do every, everything at once. Um, but the more that you use things like templates, the more you can kind of spread that work out, um, I think, a, a, across a team um, and try and get things, uh, get things done. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Vivian. That's a pleasure, Kwame. Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute and the original music was written by Rob Neary.